0: Welcome to the Wealth Setting Podcast. This is episode 227. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. In light of what's going on in the, uh, the little bit of volatility we've seen in the markets this week, and uh, also in reference to a lot of questions I've received in the past about stop losses, that's the main topic I'm gonna cover in today's episode. It's something that I did mention I was gonna get to a couple episodes ago. We're gonna cover that today. Before we get started, a couple things I want to mention. A really nice article about my new book was posted over at Forbes.com. The author is Richard Eisenberg. I think he did a really good job of capturing the essence of my book entitled The Robots Are Coming. I'll put a link to that in today's show notes. And you know what? i appreciate it actually if you go in there and click that. I'd like to drive some traffic over to that site. The other link that I'll have in today's show notes is to the buy alert that I had over at InvestableWealth.com. Uh, from yesterday, and that's where I purchased two small positions in some bank stocks. I purchased Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase. Incidentally, for all of our new listeners, anytime I make a change to my portfolio, I blog about it over at investablewealth.com. You can sign up for it there. You don't get spammed. You can cancel at any time. It's a free subscription. You only get notified whenever I put out some type of new commentary or if I buy or sell a stock. Now, as far as those two purchases, I'm not going to get into it in this episode. Again, the link is in today's show notes. You can read about my logic. Basically, Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase are my two favorite Dow component stocks that I think are going to profit the most over the near and short-term trends that we see in automation and robotics and artificial intelligence and all the things that I've written about in my book. Now, a caveat to all this. Those are my two favorite Dow component stocks, not necessarily my two favorite stocks ever. And they're my two favorite Dow component stocks that I think are going to benefit from those short to near-term trends. That doesn't mean that something else won't benefit better for longer-term trends. Uh, For that matter, it doesn't even mean that I'm right, right. It's just my opinion. But as I've always said, I back my opinions up with my positions. I just tell you what they are. I might be wrong. I might be right. It's up to you to decide. So the information's out there. Take it for what it's worth. And that takes me on to today's main topic, which is using a stop loss. It is a stock trading terminology that you should be aware of and know what it is, even if you don't use it. And once again, I want to preface all this with this is simply my opinion. And my opinion is, is that I don't use stop losses. Now, we've covered a topic of stop losses many times. And in fact, in today's show notes, I'm going to include a link over to investablewealth.com where I talked about how stop losses failed during the big market flash crash on August 24th of 2015. There's a link to that article, there's some commentary on it, as well as I show you a chart about what happened when the market fell apart, you know, back almost two years ago. And that article really sums up my objections to using stop losses. Because my biggest concern with a stop loss is that I'll get caught in a flash crash. That's where the bottom suddenly falls out of the market. And all prices fall precipitously. Everything is correlated to one. It generally happens either to an entire sector or in the case of August 24, 2015, to the entire market. And what that flash crash essentially does is it brings all prices down well below where the normal market price would be because everybody's relying on the same technology of the stop loss. So it's like shouting fire in a crowded theater and everybody runs for the exits at exactly the same time. There are more people that want to sell than people that want to buy and so liquidity dries up and the price falls way down. The majority of the time that the bottom falls out of the market and these prices collapse, you know, quickly like this, they generally recover off those lows really quickly the majority of the time. So what I don't like about these stop losses is that they provide you with a false sense of security. So let me step back a second. What the heck is a stop loss? A stop loss is a strategy that you can use to try and mitigate risk. And you do that by placing an order with your broker. That should a stock that you own or an ETF that you own, should the price get to a certain level, a certain value, then the broker is to liquidate your position in that stock. Now, this is all done with computers. And so, in effect, this is programmed trading. But it's not something that the most sophisticated, high-frequency trader on Wall Street uses. It's something that anybody can use. And therein lies the problem. Because when that order goes through, it gets executed as a market order. So let's just say, for example, let's say you own XYZ stock and it's currently trading for $10 a share. And you say that, hey, if it drops below $9.95, I want to liquidate my position. So you put that stop loss order in with your broker. So at any point during the trading day going forward, as long as that stop loss is in effect, If the price gets at or below $9.95, your broker executes a market sell order. Now a market order means that your order is executed at the next available bid. So in the case of our example, whenever the price gets to $9.95 or less, an automatic order is triggered to sell your stock and your order goes into the queue. So that means that all the high frequency traders Most likely, all the other big brokers and people like that are all going to get in ahead of you. And then you and all the other thousands or millions of other investors that had that same or similar stop loss in all go into the queue together. And so, consequently, liquidity dries up. More people want to sell than want to buy. And what happens? Anytime you have more supply than you do demand, price comes down. If liquidity dries up significantly then you get a great deal of volatility. It can precipitate a flash crash, and the price can literally go to zero. Now, that doesn't happen often, but there have been documented cases where it has happened. Now, again, the link is in my show notes today, where I'll take you to a blog post where I talked about the August 24, 2015 flash crash. And there's a chart there where I show the ETF DVY, that's Delta Victor Yankee, And how that ETF totally fell apart and crashed with the price dropping more than 35% just over the course of the day. In fact, if memory serves me right, it fell that much in the first 20 minutes of the market opening up. Now, I know you're saying, oh, that's probably one of those crazy speculative ETFs. No, it's not some crazy wild eyed speculative ETF. In fact, it's a very well respected and regarded ETF. Its published beta is only 0.67, meaning that it should be much more stable than the overall S&P 500. It's a highly sought out ETF by people that want to have a balanced portfolio, people that tend to be older, more conservative investors, because the nature of the ETF is that it pays a high dividend. Currently, the dividend on that is something like over 4%. Morningstar rates it in a, a mid size value category. So this isn't a fund that's supposed to have such high volatility. Well, why did it freak out on August 24th, 2015? It's because there was a flash crash. People that owned that position, whether they did it themselves or whether they did it through their broker, thought that they would mitigate risk by having a stop loss order on that stock. And if it fell below a certain amount, that liquidated their position. But when everybody liquidated it, there was no one to buy it. And so the price dropped more than 35%. So what happens when all the Nervous Nelly's uh, stop-loss orders are executed? Well, that's when the smart money comes in and buys at a low price. And in the case of that day with the ETF DVY, the price bottomed out at $48 and then ended up closing the day at nearly $72. So from the bottom of that day till the closing price, it was almost a 50% increase. But all the people that had stop losses in got burned. And guess what? In about two weeks, the price had totally recovered. And so all the people that thought that they were mitigating risk actually lost a lot of money that day in the flash crash. And then I know you're saying, oh, well, that was probably because it was just a poorly managed ETF. Well, you know what? It's an iShare ETF. Again, one of the most respected ETF providers on Wall Street, and that not only happened with ETFs, but it also happened with stocks, and it happened with the big, high-quality blue-chip stocks, like Procter & Gamble, plunged over 9.5% that day, but then again, it quickly recovered. So the moral to that story is, had you not used a stop-loss, you probably would have weathered the storm just fine. Because even at the end of the day, after all that turmoil was over, most stocks were only down 3 you know, to 4%. And then over the next few days, a couple weeks, they, they all recovered. And so you would have been far better off doing nothing. Now, you know me, I'm not a huge proponent of buy and hold. But the absolute worst time to sell is during periods of high market volatility when the bottom's falling out of things because there are no buyers. And by having a stop loss in place, you've given yourself a false sense of security and you open yourself up to trying to rush out the exits, you know, at the same time everybody else is. Now, some of you that are more sophisticated, you may say, well, you should be using a stop limit order. Well, yes, a stop limit order will prevent you from suffering a lot of the effects of a flash crash, depending upon where your limit is set. But at the same time, that limit order is going to execute once your target valuation is reached. And so you may be selling at exactly the same time that all the smart money is rushing in to buy at low prices. I'm not saying that stop-loss orders are bad in every case. I'm just saying that if you're using one, know what it does, know how it gets executed, and don't think that you have a floor under your particular sell price that you think is going to get executed at, because that isn't the case at all. So if I don't use a stop-loss, what method do I use? Well, first of all, I mitigate risk with diversification. I think that that's the lowest cost, most efficient way to hedge your bets. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. And so you very rarely see me putting more than, say, 5 to 10% of my portfolio in any one stock. So while it is very hard to diversify if you just have a small investment portfolio, that's the whole point. You shouldn't be investing your money if you just have a small amount of it. You should be protecting that by keeping it in something safe, like a savings account or a money market fund. Okay, now, if I don't have a stop loss to get out of a stock because I don't want to have a catastrophic loss in a a flash crash, then what do I do? Well, I hold a stock, and I look at it every day, and I have certain parameters that I'm looking for. I look for fundamentals. I look for short-term, long-term, and near-term trends. And then I look at technical analysis of what the chart is telling us about the stock. And I sum up all those things and I determine whether or not I want to own that stock for another day. If I decide that for whatever reason the stock is not meeting my performance criteria or that long term or whatever investment term I've put out there, it's not going to hit that goal, then I sell the stock. I don't wait for a drop in the price. I look at it each and every day. As long as it meets my criteria, I hold it. If it doesn't meet my criteria, I sell it. Now, if I wake up one day and I'm thinking about selling a stock and all of a sudden there's a flash crash or even if the whole market drops 25% like happened back in 1987, no, I'm not going to sell at that point because history has taught me in those type of cases, if you wait to sell when the price has crashed, then you've waited too long and you're better off holding at that point until you see at least some type of consolidation. Hey, I don't want to belabor the point I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I do, what's worked for me, and how I've learned to trade over the last 30-some years. Think about what I've said. Go over and read that article about the flash crash on August 24th, 2015. See how it applies to you in your particular situation, and then develop your own investing style around that. It's your hard-earned money. You owe it to yourself to educate yourself and to develop an investing style that works for you. Well, hey, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for joining me. As always, until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.